The Senate will come back today and will try to be done by Thursday because that's when Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell has announced that he and his Republican colleagues will be leaving whether or not the Senate has passed an omnibus funding bill for the rest of the year. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer announced the House would come back for votes Wednesday evening. On the other hand, we're supposed to have bad weather, stormy, sleety, snowy, slushy kind of weather coming in, the kind of weather that shuts down Reagan National Airport and wants people to leave town early. So who knows? With unanimous consent in the Senate, things can move very quickly if everybody wants to get out of town. Stay tuned. The calendar is in flux. Last week in the House, they came back to work on Monday. They took up and passed a bill under suspension of the rules. On Tuesday, the House took up and passed a motion to suspend the rules and concur in the Senate amendment to H.R. 7535, the Quantum Computing Cybersecurity Preparedness Act. On Wednesday, the House took up and passed a rule. Then the House took up and passed S-3905, the Preventing Organizational Conflicts of Interest in Federal Acquisition Act, S-4003, the Law Enforcement De-Escalation Training Act of 2022, and under suspension of the rules, they passed S-5230, Billy's Law. On Thursday, the House took up and passed a rule. Then the House took up H.R. 8393, the Puerto Rico Status Act. The bill passed by a vote of 233 to 191. Then the House took up and passed H.R. 1948, the VA Employee Fairness Act. The bill passed by a vote of 219 to 201, and then they were done. This week in the House, the earliest the House is expected to meet is Wednesday, December 21. The House will also meet on Thursday, December 22, and will stay in session until the omnibus is completed. If the Senate is able to act on the omnibus earlier in the week, members of the House will be given 24 hours notice before the House will be called into session. Last week in the Senate, the Senate returned to work on Monday and voted to confirm Tamika R. Montgomery Reeves to be U.S. Circuit Judge for the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. On Tuesday, the Senate voted to confirm Dana M. Douglas to be a U.S. Circuit Judge for the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals and J. Curtis Schombaugh to be an Undersecretary of the Treasury. Then, by voice vote, the Senate confirmed 13 ambassadors, the Peace Corps director, the chairperson of the Chemical Safety and Hazard Investigation Board, and a member of that same board. On Wednesday, the Senate rejected, by a vote of 49 to 49, SJ Res 60, a CRA joint resolution of disapproval offered by Republican Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina to overturn a Biden administration rule that tightens requirements for charter schools seeking federal grants. Then the Senate voted to confirm Francisco O'Mora to be permanent representative of the United States of America to the Organization of American States. On Thursday, the Senate voted to confirm Musetta Tia Johnson to be a judge of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Armed Forces. Then the Senate agreed to the motion to proceed to H.R. 1437, the one-week continuing resolution. Then the Senate began consideration of H.R. 7776, the legislative vehicle for the National Defense Authorization Act. First up was a motion to consider the NDAA with West Virginia Democrat Senator Joe Manchin's permitting reform bill attached. That motion was defeated. Then the Senate considered an amendment offered by Senators Johnson and Cruz, but that was not agreed to. Then the Senate considered the NDAA in the form that it passed the House, and that passed by a vote of 83 to 11. Then the Senate took up H.R. 1437, the one-week continuing resolution. After considering and rejecting two amendments, 
including an amendment offered by Utah Republican Senator Mike Lee to extend the duration of the continuing resolution from one week all the way into March of next year, and an amendment from Florida Republican Senator Rick Scott to zero out funding for 87,000 new IRS employees. The Senate voted on the one-week CR. It passed by a vote of 71 to 19. Then, by voice vote, the Senate confirmed seven associate judges of the Superior Court of the District of Columbia, two U.S. ambassadors, one U.S. attorney, and two U.S. marshals. This week in the Senate, they'll return today with the first vote set to take place at approximately 5.30 p.m. As of this writing, we're still not sure exactly what they'll be voting on. It could be a slew of unblocked nominations. In addition, there will at some point be a series of votes on a government funding bill, presumably the omnibus they told us a little bit about last week. Now to illegal immigration. Congratulations, patriots. We dodged another bullet. Barring some last-minute disaster, we've escaped the 117th Congress intact with no amnesty for illegal immigrants, neither of the so-called dreamers nor of any other kind. This was a narrow escape worthy of Indiana Jones at his finest. Several weeks ago, Arizona Independent Kirsten Cinema and North Carolina Republican Senator Tom Tillis announced that they were working together on a deal to provide a path to citizenship for up to 2 million so-called dreamers, while simultaneously reforming the way we process asylum-seeking migrants in exchange for toughened border security. The left-wing pro-migrant groups were all on board, and not surprisingly, so were the big business groups. All they would have to do is find 10 Senate Republicans willing to go along, and they'd be able to pass an amnesty bill through both House and Senate in the waning days of this Congress. The plan was for the bill to take a ride as a sidecar on the government funding bill. But you stepped up. We made this a call to action, asking you to call your senators and tell them to oppose amnesty, a lot of other groups got involved, and on Wednesday of last week, Senate Republican Leader McConnell informed Cinema and Tillis that he would not allow their effort to be attached to the government funding bill. And that was that. On a related but different front, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, appearing yesterday on ABC News' This Week with George Stephanopoulos, warned that the southern border is about to be overwhelmed this week when Title 42 is lifted. Quote, it's going to be total chaos, he said. The Trump-era policy allowed for the return of 2.4 million migrants, but the Biden administration announced in April its intent to lift the policy. Opponents went to court and succeeded in blocking the lifting of Title 42 temporarily. But on Friday of last week, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia blocked an attempt by Republican officials in 19 states to intervene in the case and said the policy would have to end on December 21. That's Wednesday of this week. The states, including Texas and Arizona, indicated they would appeal the ruling to the Supreme Court, likely on the court's emergency docket. The mayor of El Paso, which had already been inundated in recent weeks with illegal immigrants, on Saturday declared a state of emergency. He said he anticipated a surge in the number of migrants from the current level of about 2,500 per day to more than twice that. Across the entire southern border, the Biden administration is reported to be preparing for a surge to as many as 14,000 migrants a day seeking asylum once Title 42 is lifted on Wednesday. That's comparable to about 6,000 to 8,000 per day today. 
Now to that government funding bill. As predicted, Republican and Democrat appropriators came to agreement last Tuesday on the top-line numbers for an omnibus spending bill that will keep the government funded through the end of the fiscal year on September 30, 2023. As is common, they refused to disclose that top-line number to the public or even to their own colleagues, fearful that sharing such information might lead to negative consequences, such as success for their opponents. Politico, the DC Insiders publication, put it succinctly, quote, the negotiators involved in that deal, however, are keeping the overall spending levels and other details under wraps as not to endanger support for the bill given the rushed timeline, end quote. God forbid we should get the details. So I cannot tell you just how much money the appropriators propose to spend on the fiscal year 23 budget. I'm pretty sure, based on earlier media reports, that the number for defense spending matches the $858 billion authorized by the National Defense Authorization Act. The two sides were arguing over how much money they would agree to spend on non-defense discretionary spending. The Democrats wanted to spend just as much on non-defense spending as they had agreed to spend on defense spending, but the Republicans rejected that, or so we are told. Both houses passed a one-week continuing resolution last week to extend current government funding until midnight Friday night, that is midnight December 23rd. The plan is for the appropriators to work on the details of the bill and then present it to the Senate either today or tomorrow. In addition to the omnibus spending bill, the legislative package is expected to contain additional sidecars, tens of billions of dollars in additional funding to help Ukraine withstand Russia's invasion and a reform of the Electoral Count Act. Further, there may be an attempt to add a reform of criminal justice statutes to address the disparity in sentencing between those convicted of crimes involving powder cocaine versus those convicted of crimes involving crack cocaine. And there will likely be an attempt by Senator Schumer to include a cannabis banking bill as well. I wish I had better news to report on this front. I don't. And it's not because we didn't see this coming. We did see it coming months ago. We saw it coming and we warned about it. We said the leadership would use the Christmas break as a real deadline because they know that you just cannot mess with the members' Christmas plans. And that means you can hold everybody up and then drop a pile of steaming crap on a plate in front of them and you can expect them to eat it. If you do that right before Christmas time and tell them they can't go home for Christmas until they clean their plate. Let me impress upon you just how bad this is with a resort to history. In the history of the Congress of the United States, which goes back to 1789, no lame duck Congress has ever passed a comprehensive omnibus spending bill. It didn't have to be this way. In fact, relatively recently, it was not this way. In, in December of 2010, exactly 12 years ago now, which happens to be the last time we had exactly the same political situation we face now with Republicans waiting to take control of the House of Representatives while Democrats maintain control of the Senate and the White House, rather than pass a full year omnibus spending bill, the Congress passed an extended continuing resolution to kick the funding fight into the next Congress. Between the 111th Congress, which was in session for 2009 and 2010, and the 112th Congress, which was in session from 2011 to 2012, 
The Congress passed multiple CRs that were in effect until the middle of April 2011. That's more than six months worth of continuing resolutions to keep the government funded while the appropriators worked out their differences. In that negotiation, the Republicans acted as if they had the whip hand, and they used it. By the end, they were willing to provide the votes necessary to pass CRs to keep the government open while the negotiations continued, but only at the cost of reduce. Uh, I'm sorry, only at the cost of reductions in non-defense discretionary spending. The end result was a savings of $42 billion over the previous year's non-defense expenditures. Sadly, not this year. But just because the leadership has agreed does not mean it's over. In order for this deal to become law, at least 10 Republican senators are going to have to vote for it. So we still have an opportunity to block this monstrosity. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. The January 6th committee will meet at 1 p.m. Monday to finalize its work product and make criminal referrals to the Department of Justice. The committee is expected to release its final report on Wednesday. According to multiple media reports on Friday, the committee is planning to vote on at least three criminal referrals targeting former President Trump for his conduct related to the events of January 6th insurrection, obstructing an official proceeding of Congress, and conspiracy to defraud the United States. Now the latest on the only remaining Republican leadership contest. On Thursday of last week, House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy, who's seeking the votes required to be elected Speaker of the House on January 3rd, learned to his chagrin that five of his House Republican colleagues have announced that they will vote as a bloc on whether or not to support McCarthy's bid for the speakership. Arizona Congressman Andy Biggs, Florida Congressman Matt Gates, Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale, South Carolina Congressman Ralph Norman, and Virginia Congressman Bob Good declared their determination to vote as a unit. One day later, though, Breitbart reported that former President Trump said he had told the conservatives opposing McCarthy to, quote, stand down. I like him. Trump said of McCarthy. I think it's a very dangerous game that's being played, he continued. It's a very dangerous game. Some bad things could happen. Look, we had Boehner, and he was a strange person, but we ended up with Paul Ryan, who was 10 times worse. Paul Ryan was an incompetent speaker, end quote. Speaking of McCarthy, Trump said, look, I think this. Kevin has worked very hard. He's just, it's been exhausting. If you think he's been all over, I think he deserves the shot. Hopefully, he's going to be very strong and going to be very good, and he's going to do what everybody wants. That's our Washington report for this week, the final week before Christmas. 